The following presentation is from North Pine Baptist Church. We trust that it will help you learn more about God and His message for the world. For more information and to connect with us, visit npbc.org.au. I feel very welcome here today. Already a whole lot of people have come up and greeted me and... uh, uh, so uh, it's great, good to be here with you. <laughs> it's a long time since I've uh, spoken at North Pine, so it's uh, it's fantastic to be with you. I want to talk about leadership uh, this morning. When I was uh, a young associate youth pastor, uh, I got a, a new senior pastor came. My senior pastor left, and we had a year without a senior pastor. And then a new senior pastor came, and one of the first things he said to me was, he didn't want me. We had we had a lot of young people, a lot of mar- weddings. I was doing about 15 to 20 weddings a year. And he said, I don't want you to allow photographs in your wedding ceremonies. All right? I don't want you to let photographer take any pictures during the ceremony. And I thought that was rather strange, you know. I had a, a couple of arguments against that. But in the end, I thought, well... I need to submit to this, do you know what I mean? I don't understand it, but, but I will submit. And so I did what, what he said, because I believe that that's what the Bible said. You need to submit uh, to your leaders. And so we're going, to, uh, we're going to look at a passage this morning that talks about our relationship uh, with our leaders. And it's in Hebrews uh, chapter 13, and uh, if you've got it there, it That's good. It'll it'll be up on the screen when we come to read it as well. Oh, it's already there. That's great. Efficient work. Good. (laughs) Uh, Let me tell you a little bit about the book of Hebrews just so that it fills you in a little bit about what's going on here. Uh, We don't know who wrote the book of Hebrews, right? No one really knows. Uh, But we do know who it was written to. It was written to uh, some people who had become Christians out out of a Jewish faith. But Pressure was on, persecution was increasing, and some in the church were saying, let's go back to Judaism. Let's go back to being Jews again. Let's turn away from Christianity and move, because the Jews weren't persecuted nearly as much as the Christians were persecuted. So it was kind of safer to, to go back and become a Jew again. So there was pressure in the church. There was a lot of pressure on the church and pressure within the church to move back and become Jewish uh, again. And so the book of Hebrews is a lot about persevering, hang in there, hold on to your faith, keep going, uh, because this is the truth that you have. All right, now in the light of the background uh, to it, let's have a look at Hebrews 13. So this is towards the end of, of the book of Hebrews. And it's this passage you want to have a look at, seven, I've got it in yellow there so you can notice it. Uh, seven and verse 17 both talk about leadership. And then there's some stuff in between. So I want to explain that briefly, but I do want to focus on verses 7 and verse 17 uh, in in the sermon. But let let me read it anyway. Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcomes of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Don't be carried away by all kinds of strange teachings, all right, particularly Jewish teachings. Don't get carried away with those things. 
It's good for our heart to be strengthened by grace, not by eating ceremonial foods, which is of no benefit to those who do so. We have an altar, so we don't have a physical altar. We have an altar from which those who minister at the tabernacle, the Jewish leaders, have no right to eat. The high priest carries the blood of animals into the most holy place as a sin offering, but the bodies are burnt outside the camp. And so Jesus also suffered outside the city gate to make the people holy through his own blood. In other words, Jesus was not an insider in the Jewish faith. He was an outsider and he suffered outside the gate. And we too are not insiders, but we're outsiders. Let us then go to him outside the camp, bearing the disgrace he bore. For here we do not have an enduring city, but we long are looking for the city that's to come. So we don't belong here. This is not where we get our roots down. We're looking forward to what's to come. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. So what sort of sacrifices do we give? Not physical sacrifices of animals, but the fruit of lips that openly profess his name and do not forget to do good and to share with others. For such sacrifices, God is pleased. So our sacrificial system is we worship God and we do good to others. And then verse 17, have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. So you can sense a, a, a clear theme in this passage, right? It's, it's about staying true to Jesus, but particularly it's about leadership and the need for us to support our leaders and stand with our leaders and have confidence in our leaders and submit to our leaders. So that's what it's saying. Remember our leaders, imitate them, listen to them, obey them, submit to them, make their work and calling a joy. Now that seems fairly clear, doesn't it, right? That's what the scripture's clearly saying. But there's a couple of stories, a couple of things that happened last year that cast doubt on some of this. Uh, one was uh, a guy called Ravi Zacharias that some of you will have heard of, uh, who died in 2020 uh, as one of the most prominent leaders and respected leaders in the evangelical world. Uh, spoke, speaking at conferences, huge conferences, evangelical conferences right throughout our world. Uh, it was found last year, a year after he died, that actually uh, he had he was an abuser of, of many women uh, and that that had not come to light at all. In fact, if any people had challenged him, it had been suppressed during his ministry. Uh, he was very successful, very able, very well respected, but he actually was a very abusive man. And that came to light and since then his organisation has just about fallen apart. So that happened last year. The other thing that happened last year was there was a podcast called The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill. That, did anyone listen to that? Anyone familiar? Just a couple of people. Yeah, well, it was about a church that uh, uh, in Seattle, in the America, that, that grew very rapidly and became one of the biggest churches in the world. And then in 2014, uh, it collapsed and uh, disintegrated, really. It was led by a man called uh, um, Mark Driscoll. And uh, Mark Driscoll was a brilliant, brilliant communicator. 
Um, I listened to lots of his podcasts. Uh, many pastors did, and uh, and uh, and so hugely respected right throughout the world as a great communicator. He was a very funny guy too, which actually helps when you're preaching, you know. So so he was very uh, interesting to listen to, and and it came out. Um, and the podcast really brought it out really clearly. So many, many sessions in this podcast uh, uh, came out very clearly that he was, uh, he was a great communicator, s- strong leader, but just arrogant, an arrogant bully, really. That's what he was. And in the end, the church collapsed because of this as it came to light, and many, many people were damaged. Now, the question that I've got is when you've got, on the one hand, the Bible's saying respect our leaders, look up to our leaders, imitate our leaders, support our leaders. And yet on the other hand, you see situations like this where leaders have been abusive. I mean, these are quite different situations, both of them. Uh, but a similar theme, leaders that were very capable, uh, very strong, very able. And, uh, uh, and because of that, because they built large organizations or large churches, they were pretty well untouchable. And so people... Uh, gave them too much grace, really, in a way. They let them get away with things that were very damaging to people and eventually to many, many people. So the question is, where do we, how do we stand between these two things? Do you know what I mean? On the one hand, let's support our leaders, let's submit to our leaders, let's do what they say, let's stand with them. Uh, on the other hand, boy, we need to be careful that our leaders are actually following Jesus and actually serving people and not becoming too big in their boots and starting to dominate or abuse or whatever it might be. I can't help feeling, and uh, I don't know the full story, of course, but there is a little bit of this uh, with Brian Houston and what's even come out in the last couple of weeks. Perhaps there was too much respect or not enough accountability. So what do we do with our leaders? I had a number of people asking me last year, you know, what are we doing as Queensland Baptists to stop our pastors becoming like Ravi Zacharias or like Mark Driscoll, like what are we doing about that? We need to be very careful and we do need to be careful. And QB does have a role in trying to, uh, to, to stand with churches and make the pastors accountable in, in various ways. And, uh, and so we do have a role to make sure that our pastors are uh, humble and are ethical in, in, in what they're doing. There's many temptations in leadership. I recognise that. And so we need to watch our leaders with caution. All right, so if that's the case, what do we do with these verses then? <laughs> what does it mean? <laughs> what do we do with our leaders? All right, well, I want to point out here that there were actually two types of leaders in this church or this group of people that, that the book of Hebrews is addressed to. There were the leaders that had originally preached the gospel or the leaders that were standing true to the gospel uh, and then there are other leaders that were trying to lead the church back to Judaism and to Jewish faith. So there are two types of leaders in this church. And the writers the Hebrews is not saying, well, you've got a leader, therefore just respect what they have to say and do what they say. No, no, you need to differentiate. You need to discern what kind of leader that you've got. And, uh, and so this is written to help us uh, address that sort of thing. All right, so there's some clues in the passage for the kind of leaders that we're looking for that we will be able to respect and we will be able to imitate and we will be able to follow and we will be able to submit to. All right, let's look at verse 7 to start with. Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Now, what is this? The leaders who spoke the word of God, what are we talking about here? Well, obviously the gospel, the truth about Jesus is 
life, death, resurrection, ascension, uh, judgment is to come. Like, like this is the truth. And if, if you start moving away from that, then they're not leaders to follow, right? Your leaders need to have a right gospel. It's not about doing things. It's not about getting our theology completely right. It's about following Jesus, believing in Jesus, knowing that it's all because of what Jesus has done for us. It's about grace. And these, some of the leaders in these, these churches were pulling people away from that and starting them to take them back to the legalism of, Jude, of Jewish faith and uh, don't follow those leaders. They need to have right gospel. Uh, the second thing is uh, from the same verse, consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. So in other words, we need to look at the character of leaders and say, what is their character like? Are they true? Do they show the things that the Bible makes clear that the Spirit produces it in life? Are they loving? Are they patient? Are they well-disciplined? Um, uh, do, they, do they care? Like, are, are, they, uh, are they not angry people? Do you know what I mean? Like, do they show the characteristics of good, godly character? We're not looking for perfection. No one leader is going to be perfect. But we're looking for good character. And if you don't find good character in your leaders, then give them a wide berth. <laughs> uh, we need to have right gospel and right character. And then the third thing is, uh, in this verse 17, have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Uh, in other words, the third thing is that they just, they need to be genuine shepherds. They need to be people that deeply care for the people that they're leading. And whether that's pastors in the church or whether that's ministry leaders, whatever it is, but they need, they need to be motivated not by what they want or what they're trying to achieve. They need to be motivated by serving and loving the people that they're leading. Uh, they need to have right motives. So does that make sense, right? So we're not just given a carte blanche. To say, yeah, well, we've just got to follow. If we've got a leader, we've just got to follow them and imitate them. No, not at all. There were two types of leaders in this church. You need to be discerning. You need to check, do our leaders have right gospel? Do our leaders have right character? Do our leaders have right motives? And then when you find those kind of leaders, then follow them, <laughs> support them, stand with them. <laughs> One of my concerns in these challenging times is that some of us, some Christians, uh, are following leaders that they don't know, that they found on the internet somewhere and they have no way of checking their character or their motives, but they believe everything they say. And often against, sometimes against, what may be the pastor that they do know or the leaders that they do know, that they've checked their character and their motives and their gospel and they, they know these people and they would believe what someone says online somewhere <laughs> against People that they, the people that they've had a chance to check out. And this is not biblical, right? We need to be careful about the people we follow. We need to be careful about the people that we listen to and support. And we need to be able to check these things out. And if we can't check these things out, then just be careful. Because you don't know what their character's like. And you don't know what's motivating uh, what they're saying. The writer of Hebrews is saying, give godly leaders your support. Check out their gospel. Check out their character. Check out their motives. 
Choose carefully who you follow. But when you find Christian leaders that are like this, then no matter what your experiences have been, whether you've been in a place where you've seen an abusive leader, someone like Ravi Zacharias or, or someone like Mark Driscoll or someone else, and you've thought, I can't trust leaders again. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I see the danger. I see what leaders can do. Then you need to be say, well, no, that is a certain type of leader. But when I check someone out and I find right, right gospel, right character, right motives, then I need to trust again and I need to submit again and I need to support again. Support leaders like this. All right, so that's what the, the passage is saying. These are the kind of leaders we need to be supporting. But, but what does it mean to support our leaders? What kind of things do we, do we need to do? And I could give you lots of suggestions, but I want to stick to the passage, all right? So what does this passage say uh, that we need to do in supporting our leaders? Well, there's two things mainly, two big categories. The first one is in verse 7. Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. In other words, where to watch and where to imitate. Think about the leaders that have had a godly impact on your life, that you've listened to them speaking or you've followed them in some sort of ministry and, and God's been there in the middle of it all. Then, then look for leaders like that and, and imitate their way of life. In 2020, we sold our house. It was uh, before this huge jump has been in house prices. And uh, so we knew it was, it was in COVID. So we we knew we were going to have a bit of trouble selling a house and getting a decent uh, price for it. Uh, now, I've only sold a house once or twice in my life, so <laughs> I don't do it very much. So like most of us, we engaged a real estate agent. Uh, we found someone that we could trust, a lady at Brackenridge called Roxanne, and uh, she'd gone to school with our daughter-in-law, so we knew a bit about her. We knew that she had a, you know, that she was an honest type person and all the rest so we, we engaged her you know and uh and more or less she knows about selling real estate selling houses we know very little about that so when she said declutter what did we do we decluttered we thought our house was beautiful but she said no got far too much stuff you know get rid of the, so we decluttered when she said you need new carpets upstairs we thought our carpets were all right even with the wave in them you know that was okay she said no people won't buy it like that You've got to have new carpets, you know. So we put new car cheapest carpets we could find, but we put them in, right, upstairs in the, in the place. Actually, she wasn't right all the time because the day after we'd settled on the house, we drove past for one final look at the place and there were our carpets out in the front yard. So obviously they thought they were too cheap too. But anyway, so uh, when she said, uh, here's a good price, you know, uh, there was a few offers and she said, this is probably as good as you're going to get at the moment. Uh, and so when she said that, we trusted her and we accepted that was a, a good price. When the people came back to us and said, after their pest and building uh, inspection and said, oh, there's some little faults here and little faults there, we want a couple of thousand dollars off, she said, ignore them. It's a 30-year-old house. What do you expect, you know? So we basically ignored them, you know. So, so we did what she said because we trusted her um, and she was the good at this. <laughs> And we got quite a good price, not a very good price now when I look back, but at that time it was a very good price for our house. That's what uh, 
the writer of Hebrews is talking about here, that, that when we find leaders that you know, we can trust, then we need to imitate them. We need to look at their lives and say, what is it about them that's enabling them to be effective and serving and following Jesus? And I need to build that uh, in, into my life. I'm doing that at the moment. We've got a new leader uh, at QB, a guy called Jason Ellsmore, and he's a great leader. And I'm looking at him and saying, I'm learning from him. Uh, and I'm growing in that way as a leader uh, as, I, as I follow him. All right, so who's guiding you spiritually? Like who are you looking up to? Who are you imitating? Who are you following? Now, there's a couple of things that make this very difficult for us. Uh, the first one is we have been taught that we follow Jesus, not people. You know what I mean? What does the band say that we used to wear around our wrist? What would Jesus do? You know, so we think, what would Jesus do? Not what would Mark do, you know, or what would Duncan do or whatever. We, what would Jesus do? You know, that's what we think. We don't want to follow people. We want to follow Jesus. And that sounds really true, doesn't it? Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not people that we're after. We're, we're following Jesus. Except that the Bible doesn't really say that. Let me give you some examples, all right? Uh, we'll put them up there on the screen. All right, I'm just some verses that says uh, more we need to be following people uh, 1 Corinthians 4 Paul's behind a lot of this verse 16 therefore I urge you what imitate me uh, 1 Corinthians 11 follow my example as I follow the example of Christ uh, Philippians 3 join together in following my example brothers and sisters and just as you have us as a model Keep your eyes on those who live as we do. Uh, two Thessalonians, but in order, at the end of there it says, but in order to offer ourselves as a model for you to imitate. And then Hebrews 6, we don't want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patient, patience inherit what has been promised. Is that convincing enough? We need to be looking for people that we can imitate. Now, ultimately, it's Jesus, of course, and it's only as they imitate Jesus that we learn from that. But we do need to have real people that are living for Jesus, that are serving Jesus, that are making a difference. And you're going to often find that in the leaders that are around you. The, the other problem that we have is that we kind of think leaders are different kind of people. Do you know what I mean? Like, like our pastors, you know, they're just so spiritual and it just comes so easily to them and they find prayer so easily, easy and they don't face much temptation at all. Do you know what I mean? Like, like leaders are another category up and we, you know, and so we think, well, we can't really imitate them because they've got a huge advantage. I've been around leaders for the last 50 years. <laughs> I want to just tell you, leaders are just the same as you. They have the same problems, the same temptations, the same difficulties, the same struggles. They're just the same as you. And if they've come through that and continue to follow Jesus, it's because of the grace of Jesus in their lives. And that you need to copy. So they're exactly the same. They face exactly the same things that we all do. And so we need to imitate our leaders. So support them by modeling on them. Not everything. There'll be some stuff about their life that you probably don't appreciate all that much. Do you know what I mean? But look at what drives them. And look at the kind of people they are and say, I want to be like that. I want to follow that. And that will not only help you, but will be a great encouragement to your leaders. Like there's nothing better than, than someone uh, coming up to you as a leader and saying, hey, 
I just want to say I appreciate what you're doing and uh, I'm learning from you and I'm growing. I mean, that's so much an encouragement to know that your life is making a difference. All right, so the first thing we need to do in supporting our leaders when we find the right kind of leaders is to watch them and to imitate them. The second thing comes in verse 17. Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Well, if watching and imitating is difficult for us, trusting and submitting is even more countercultural. Like we're Aussies, aren't we? Some of us come from good convict stock. You know, we don't like submitting to, uh, to leaders. You know, we've got uh, tall poppy syndrome, haven't we? Like, you know, if someone gets up to the top, we want to cut them down. <laughs> that comes naturally to us. We, we don't want to submit. We want to make our own calls and decide for ourselves uh, what we're going to do. We don't trust those who are in charge. And politically, that certainly is is the case, isn't it? Like uh, uh, we're quick to criticise. We hate the thought that people are too big for their boots. And, uh, and so we naturally try to pull leaders down rather than submit to them and build them up. And this attitude makes leading very difficult. Uh, after a couple of years, I was at Brackenridge for, quite, uh, for 14 years. And after a few years there, uh, God was at work in some powerful ways. It was very exciting. Uh, but there was a few people in the church that didn't like what we were doing and where we were going. And so when I was away on holidays for four weeks with the family, uh, these two people went round and visited everyone in the church and told them that John looks good, doesn't he? But actually he's got a secret agenda. He's not being honest with us. He really wants us to become Pentecostals. And they went around and talked to everyone in the church like that. And... Uh, and some people, perhaps many people, believe them. Now, the fact is I was far from perfect. I had lots of things wrong that people could have criticised. But I was honest. I was real. I wasn't pretending to be something that I, that I wasn't. It was not true what they were saying. But that's easy to sow, isn't it? To sow, oh, well, suspicion. And I came back after my holidays and the church was in turmoil as to, you know, about my leadership. And uh, it, was, it was hurtful at the time because I thought, here's, I'm up there every week leading and preaching. They know who I am. And yet they believe these couple of people who weren't leaders in the church or anything, you know, was what they say. But it's so easy for, for uh, criticism and distrust of leadership to, to arise. Now, as we've seen, Sometimes distrust of leadership is the right thing, right? If leaders are don't have, what is it, right gospel, right character, right motives, then we need to be suspicious of them, and that's okay. But when we find leaders that we can trust, then we need to submit. Leading's a hard job, you know. <laughs> it really is. Uh, when I was preparing for the sermon, I read a story. I presume that it's true. I think it was some British thing. But anyway, uh, this this uh, pastor pastor's wife woke up in the middle of the night, and and her husband was down the end of the bed, still asleep, but sort of having some sort of dream. And uh, 
And she said, what, what, what's wrong? What's going on? He said, shh, don't move. Don't move the bed, he said. He was down at the end of the bed and he was crouched like this, holding something. Not, there wasn't anything there, but in his dream he was holding something. He's, he said, I'm holding up this pyramid of marbles and if, any, if you move, the whole thing's going to collapse. <laughs> and that's often how leadership feels. <laughs> it's, it's, it's hard work. It's a big responsibility. There's a lot of things. Uh, that you're trying to hold together. Uh, it's a, this passage says it's a big responsibility. This is verse 17, because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. So it's a big responsibility. Spiritual leaders will have to give an account to, to God for what they do. So our job is to have confidence and trust in godly leaders and to submit to their teaching. Now, of course, we're good Baptists, so in any good Baptist situation, there's opportunity for us to give feedback. And, and, and it's not just, well, the leader says this, we'll just do whatever they say. That's not our system, right? We have a chance to contribute and all the rest, which is really important and, and, and vital. But when it comes to the crunch, uh, we submit and say, we trust you. We believe in you. We will follow you as you follow God. So what happens if we do this? What happens if we support our leaders, if we watch and imitate them, we... we Trust and submit to them. Well, our leaders are going to find joy in their job. That's what it says here. Have confidence in your leaders. Submit to their authority because they keep watch over you, those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden. For that would be of no benefit to you. And so what happens is leaders find joy in their jobs. It really is enjoyable leading, and many of you will be leaders in different places. It really is enjoyable leading. Not all the time. There's pressures and all the rest. And, you know, Duncan's feeling some of that at the moment. But, but generally, uh, when people have got your backs, that's, there's joy in leadership, isn't there? <laughs> to know that people are with you. They're supporting you. They're trusting you. Uh, they're uh, imitating you. Like when you see that happening, uh, then there is great joy. And so our leaders find joy in that kind of environment. But it goes further than that. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. So the fact is the right of Hebrews go further. Like everyone benefits. <laughs> we all benefit uh, when our leaders are, are trusted and, and, and supported. You might think, in some circles at least, not here in this church I know, but you might think that... Uh, criticizing and disagreeing and being suspicious and negative about leaders will be helpful for the church. Uh, it just won't. Not only will your leader suffer, but everyone suffers in, our, in the church. And some of us have been in places where we've seen that, that happen. The church can't be a joyful place if there's not trust uh, in leaders. Now, I just want to say, having said all of that, right, that's, I'm just going straight from the passage here. I just want to say that I know that I'm preaching to the choir here. Like, I know that this church is a wonderful church, very supportive of leaders, very committed to following leaders. You've got the right kind of leaders, people with uh, gospel, right gospel, right character, right motives, and you're supportive of them, and uh, we praise God for that. So I know that I'm preaching to the choir, uh, but it's always just good, isn't it? Just have a bit of a check up and say, is this true, and uh, how can we support our leaders as we go through this? Uh, so keep supportive, keep standing with your leaders, keep having their back, keep them accountable by all means. 
But when they're doing the right stuff, stand with them, support them, love them, imitate them, follow them, submit to them. That's what this passage is saying. Is that clear? Amen. Let me pray, hey? <laughs> Lord, I thank you for this church. I thank you for the heart of this church, Lord. A good heart. And I've already felt that, Lord, myself, just being here this morning. A good heart, Lord Jesus. And I praise you for that. We do pray for Duncan at the moment and his family. Lord, just be with them and encourage them. Uh, bring your peace and your healing, Lord Jesus, we pray. I thank you for Mark and others that have stepped up, Lord Jesus. And, uh, and we pray that this church will be a really healthy place, Lord. Good, godly leaders, Lord, with right gospel, right character, right motives. And a great fellowship, Lord, as we stand with them and support them and encourage them and strengthen them and imitate them and submit, Lord. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that your blessing, Lord, there'll be good things in the future for this church. I really pray this, Lord, that you'll work in greater power than what we've seen so far. And, uh, Lord, this is a needy, needy area, Lord Jesus. Lots of opportunities, lots of new people. Lord, may you work in this place. And I pray for great health here, great leaders, Lord. Not great in terms of their abilities necessarily, but in terms of their character and their heart and their motives, and their gospel, Lord Jesus. And I pray this in your name. Amen. Thanks for joining us for this presentation from North Pine Baptist Church. For more information and to connect with us, visit npbc.org.au.